Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello and welcome mm. to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson for 2024. And we are bursting out of the blocks, Kevin, bursting in fine style. Bursting out of my pants and anything else. <laughs> After all the Christmas oh. helpings of, uh, oh, goodness me, what did we have? I'm an Prawns, authority on many, many potatoes. different varieties of food <laughs> um, because I've given them all a fairly good lash over the uh, the Christmas know, holiday but period. but you've got to let yourself go and then you kind of get back into your, uh, your individual program mid-January. Right around about now. Yeah, so forgive yourself if you've uh, yes. if you've let yourself if go over sinned. the break. If you've sinned. <laughs> uh, we're here to uh, bring a, a whole new year of uh, Food Bites with Sarah Patterson to you. Uh, the food poll is back, uh, mm. up and running, and uh, we'll bring you the details of our first one for the year. Very exciting. Ginger. Hmm. Yay or no? <laughs> Keep it nice and simple. But even more exciting, much more exciting than yes. that, is our first guest of the year. We've secured a biggie to get us started. Peter Phelps, wonderful Australian actor. Absolutely. Has he been in some great shows over the years? Let's start. Restless Years. Yes. Sons and Daughters. Stingers. Stingers is a great oh, show. yeah. Uh, he did a, a terrific mini-series, which you'll hear a lot about, yep. called, called The Challenge, <laughs> about our oh. 1983 America's Cup victory. And The Light Horseman, which, yes. uh, well, Good I mean, that, that had a, a hand in uh, him securing the, the role in Baywatch because yeah. he was over in the States promoting The Light Horseman when the Baywatch pilot opportunity came along. He will tell us all yes. about that and more, including his signature dish, mm. what he's taken up uh, now that he's given up drinking, mm. uh, and <laughs> And also he has a kitchen tip that is like no other oh. that you've ever heard on the near 300 episodes of this program. So it's an original. It most certainly is. As is Peter Phelps, he's our first guest and here he is. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Peter, usually to open up I like to ask people where they are in the world, but I'm going to hazard a guess. I reckon... Um, I'm in my car um, on a car park roof above my gym about uh, a kilometre from my home in Sydney. Now, you're giving the rowing machine a bit of a going over. You're taking this... Didn't you play a rower in uh, <laughs> in the in the series about the America's Cup? Oh. A rower? Yeah. No, to Kevin, see that's a twelve metre yacht, mate. Not a not a not a, not a, a canoe. All right. <laughs> we won the America's Cup in a in a yacht, not a canoe. <laughs> oh, my mistake, you know. It's a rookie error. Yeah, that's all right. You're forgiven. They don't have that. That was like that was that really in the old days, in the Captain Cook days, when they were actually boats with uh, with keels that, that weren't foils. Thank you. Yeah, that was in, that was in um, uh, we won the America's Cup in 83. Mm. We did the mini series uh, called The Challenge in 84, 85. Yeah. Uh, and it was a six part mini series. Fabulous. We shot it all on the uh, the actual boat that won the, the, the America's Cup, the, the, the 12 metre yacht. Wasn't um, that Nicholas, uh, Nicholas Hammond from The Sound of Music? Did he play Dennis Connor? Nicholas Nicholas Hammond played the American uh, skipper. Yeah, Dennis Connor. Yeah, Dennis Connor. And <laughs> and you know who played uh, Alan Bond? Yes. No. Yeah. Come yes. On. Yeah, no, I do. Blue. Come on, Kevin. Blue. 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 John, John, John Wood. John Wood. And you know who played Red? No. Oh, he's what? John Wood's wife heard that. Oh, no. No, Lorraine Bailey. Lorraine oh. Bailey and I, Ben Lexon. Now he was a lesser known, but but I love the character of Ben Lexon too. Yeah, that? that was the, the wonderful uh, John Clayton wow. played that. 
Ben Lexham was like a really eccentric, uh, the, the engineer of the famous swing seal, and uh, he designed the yacht. And it was he was, um, you know, uh, instrumental in actually winning the cup because uh, of his engineering of that seal. And we were like, I think we were down like four races to zero. We end up, ended up winning like seven to four or something like that. Yeah, it was an amazing, Incredible. amazing bit of Australian yeah. sporting history. Now you yeah. played, you played Will Bailey, didn't you? Ted Bailey's brother. I played Will <laughs> I, I did, I did. Yeah, I did. And uh, it was funny because I met Will when we were over there shooting in Fremantle. He, because he's like six foot four and I'm five foot nine. He came up to me and said, "G'day, mate. Which half of me are you playing?" <laughs> yeah, quite funny. I said, oh, "Well, I, I do the top half because it's more interesting." But <laughs> hey, Peter, we we know we know how you uh, shape up as an actor. We've seen you on our screens for decades. But how um how do you shape up in the kitchen? Pretty damn good. You know, I haven't oh. for years until I had kids and a wife who um sort of uh, commands the kitchen. So I haven't really done a lot, but I, I have uh, I've been known to uh, whip up a very good uh, meal and um, snacks and all sorts of things, my specialties being like whole barbecue fish and um, lots of uh, Southeast Asian kind of dishes. But it's been a long time since I've um, held the wok. <laughs> so yeah. what was your signature dish, a barbecue fish? Fish. Well, it's a, it a snapper with uh, with a, like a, a kind of a fusion of um, a Asian kind of marinade, and I, I'd wrap it fully in um, in foil and uh, bake it in the in the uh, barbecue. Now, I'm just putting two and two together here, Peter. But given your gym exploits and and also the fact you sound like you are you eat beautiful, fresh, healthy food, that uh, that a healthy lifestyle's important to you. Yeah, as I as I get older, definitely much more. Um, I, I I haven't had a drink for about two years, and um, I don't sort of touch anything. So I'm very clean, clean living. So, and that's just <laughs> really wasn't for any other reason. That I just want to uh, just uh, feel better and and uh, look better, and you know, get more jobs and stay away from the bad stuff. So. Clean living, but you've got to have a, a guilty pleasure in there somewhere. Is it? Is it coffee? Is it chocolate? Well, I, I put down the beers and took up the cheesecake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Kevin. <laughs> smart yeah. move, that. I, I, I love cheesecake. Oh, my God. I've, uh, I've been driving a, a, a bus in between the acting jobs and, and uh, well, it's a local kind of on-demand service that's like a bit of a, a hybrid between an Uber and a cab and a bus, but it's in our local area in Sydney. I just sort of take with me um, dark chocolate and cheesecakes and it's like I've got to go to the gym twice as much to sort of counter this. But I, I, I guess, you know, I've never been a sweet tooth, but ever since I've given up drinking, I've I've really um, taken on the, the, the dessert. And I never did. I was always a savoury guy. I was any, anything that's pickled or, or um, fermented or uh, salted, that was me since I was a kid. I'm not going to get addicted to the sugar. I'm just um, I'm trying to take it easy, but I have got to go to the gym a lot more. <laughs> just got to just balance it out. Is all oh, you I need gotta, to I do. I got to say the uh, the joys of uh, dark chocolate is uh, is one of the great uh, oh, one of the great I, joys I of life. What, I, I want to give an Australia an order of Australia oh. to whoever made tin cans with dark chocolate. Oh, yes, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and also the Kit Kats with the dark chocolate. I, I have it in my gym bag right now. 
Do you like the really? Do you like the really bitter dark chocolate, no. like the eighty percent cocoa, Peter? Uh, not really. I mean, just uh, just don't don't get too don't get too silly. You know, <laughs> 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 still like a bit of chocolate. You know, like you know, make sure it's from Ecuador. So you you know you're helping the villagers over there and thinking, and you know you're, you're being all sort of um, good for the world. Hey, Peter, I know you obviously talk about it a lot and I hope you're not bored about talking about it, but I'm so interested. You've you've been on our screens, as I've said, for for decades and you made a pretty early start. I I believe you were straight out of school and straight into into the the restless years. Uh, It's been a long time. So how did it all all come about? um, How did it all come about? Well, it wasn't straight from school. It was kind of... I did a year at university, which actually where my daughter is going and my youngest daughter is going to do law. That was like 40 years ago, um, 44 years ago. I was I went to university for a year and kind of dropped out when I got my first acting gig, which was the rest of the year. And it happened through being um, in my university break, in, in my summer break, uh, Christmas break, I was the lifeguard at a local beach and uh, I got to know a guy who worked for the Grundy organisation if you're over 40, you know what I'm talking about. They yeah. made the Grundy's, Grundy's made, um, you know, all the game shows and a lot of the dramas and Restless Years was one of them. And it was in its final year. It had been going from about, I think, 1976 till 1981. And I was in the final year. But I was offered uh, a role as a, a boxer. Uh, and my father was uh, a, a school principal at the school I was going to in the show. He was a bit of a wife beater, and I was a bit of a. Uh, they introduced this family, and I was protecting my mum, and I, I was infused into the story by being this um, blonde-haired hero boxer. And the first thing I said to the producer was, "Like, can I be a surfer?" So I just know that world, and I kind of re- re- rewrote it. My first gig, I'm demanding what I want to be. It's sort of kind of, my ignorance is bliss, isn't it? So I, I kind of, um, I, I became you know, as a teenage kid. I was 18, so I was playing a little bit um, younger than I, what I really was. When I first started, I was offered a, a month in the show, and then uh, that was extended to another year. That was the Restless Years, Grundy Organisation. And then in, at the end of 1981, um, that show was finished, and uh, they started up Sons and Daughters, and I kicked on into that um, a week after Restless Years was out, so I went into Sons and Daughters, and um, I was with Ali Fowler as, as my twin twin sister uh, that sister. you fell in and, love with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like it was like really racy back then, where <laughs> there was a bit of a story going on, and you didn't know whether they actually consummated their love or not. But um, <laughs> I think it sort of faded into um, into the ether where they did it or not, but. Um, it was certainly a good way to kick off a story, and I, that's and I went on that show for about three years, and uh, I decided around about that end of that show that, well, that my run in the show that I think I might make this my uh, job in life, and um, I treated those four years in soap operas um, as kind of like my film acting school, yeah. and I was really. I, I think I, I learned a lot more more on that show yeah, as far as a, te- a technical film actor than anywhere else uh, that you could go and pay money to a school for. We spoke to a 
Danny Roberts recently on this uh, podcast, Peter, and uh, and he said the days of sons and daughters. I mean, they were ridiculously popular soap back at that time, um, and and still, I think to this day, remembered as one of the biggest soap operas oh. we've had in Australia. What was that time off screen like for you? Yeah, it was, it was really intriguing. It was like it was like um, it's kind of like living in two different realities because you know I, I always come back to where I grew up and my mates were surfers and becoming tradesmen and um, as as I was being introduced into the the, the the acting world and the film and TV world, they were all apprentices, as carpenters and sparkies and policemen and you know and uh, professional surfers and all sorts of things and and I was here here I am on national TV, um, you know, kissing girls with um with only a pair of undies on and, and it was kind of bizarre but in that sort of world you can certainly uh, don't have, you don't get a big head if you if you sort of think you're a star or anything because it went well. So you kind of live in those two worlds. And, you know, I want to be I want to be a professional actor and I listen to the older guys, the older actors and all their stories and and I really got a, a real technical skill of, of working in front of a camera going. And at the same time, I'd go back to where I grew up and I'd go out for a surf and then we'll have a laugh about the whole thing, you know. So it was like a, a fine line of just living in the real world and knowing that uh, what you're doing is uh, something that you've got to got to work at and um, don't get a big head about it. Peter, I'm assuming your your real life training as a lifeguard really came to the fore when you uh, went across to the states and you appeared in the uh, the first season of Baywatch. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I taught David Hasselhoff how to paddle a rescue board. <laughs> <laughs> I could put that on my. Uh, <laughs> I, could put that on my he, I mustn't be a good teacher because he wasn't very good. Um, <laughs> we, we did end up using his stunt double, who was very, who was a lifeguard in um, LA. It was quite uh, opportune. I was going. I was. I was promoting an Australian film, The Light Horseman, in uh, in in America, and I I toured like 20, 20 cities in about that many days. And um, there's also a lovely little New Zealand film that I did called Starlight Hotel that seems to have disappeared into the ether, but it was a great little film. Those two films sort of got me an agent over there and I was coming back from promoting the Mostly the Light Horseman and coming back to LA. Um, my agent got a call and said, look, they're, they're um, casting. It was pilot season, which was doesn't really, really exist anymore because of streaming, but there was a pilot season where they do like, you know, 200 shows and maybe, you know, a dozen of them will be picked up by the network. So then, because then it was only the three major networks, NBC, ABC and PBS. This was, uh, this show called uh, um, Baywatch was picked up by um, NBC. And I got this, I, I did the audition. I said, oh, well, you know, that won't get picked up. That's about lifeguards um, <laughs> uh, on the beaches of um, Los Angeles. But uh, they, they called up and said, yeah, the pilot um, that you shot, uh, it's going to go to series. I said, oh, that's good. Uh, that means um, the bait manager and my uh, partner will be very happy. I was a lifeguard in my last sort of real life, uh, so it, it should work all right. And it did. And I did the first season. And I did all my own stunts. Uh, and there's this great thing where I'm actually uh, I'm way up the back and uh, come in on this wave ski and um, and just rock, rock, rock up on the beach and do my dialogue and walk up to the beach and climb my lifeguard tower and... I uh, said, hey, make sure you don't do any edits and no cuts here. So it looks like I'm doing, I'm doing it, and and there's no stunt man. So 
there was a lot of shots like that where I, I, I was given free free reign. So to sort of answer your question, um, yeah, it was um, it was easy money being a lifeguard and and bringing those skills over to a TV show in LA. So why why did that finish? Why why didn't you continue on with it? You only did the one season of Baywatch because the uh, the network NBC axed it after its first season. Ah, and David Hasselhoff's and, company took it over, didn't he? Or yeah, yeah, no, um, my uh, my character and Sean Weatherly, the um, lovely actress. We had a storyline where we were going to get together and there was all this, you know, uh, what do they call it, Un- unresolved sexual tension. <laughs> and um, it was all happening on the sands of Santa Monica in L.A. And uh, and that story was just canned because uh, at the same time as we were about to shoot it, uh, the show got axed. And then um, uh, I came back to Australia and, and all the actors were suddenly unemployed. And then David Hatzloff, who was also a producer, Got with the other producers and remade the show as an independent, and it went to all the syndicated um, networks in in the states, and it was not a network show. It was quite a quite a pioneering thing to do at the time. And Hasselhoff, uh, they all didn't ask the, other, the original actors back, so it became the like when Pamela Anderson joined and all that. Um, so that that first season of Baywatch was uh, was totally NBC Network and the rest of it was all independent. I, I know a lot of people would remember you, uh, Peter. You had a, a, a long and successful run in uh, in Stingers. Yeah, good show. Really good show. Yeah, that's no, probably my favourite show. It's in Melbourne. I, I met my, my future wife there and we had our first um, child in Melbourne. Uh, we shot it. And such a great show in, in, its, in its dynamics because you know, as actors, we like to play little different roles, and each week on Stingers, we're undercover cops playing these roles within the show, and the audience, it's just like a kind of like a thriller, um, you know, because the audience knows what's going on, they know you're undercover, but and you're getting the bad guys through subterfuge, and the audience are all along, going along with you, so that was part of its success, I think, and um, I'm actually... Uh, I wanted to um, revive that whole concept and um, do a, a stingers like 20 years later. Good idea. Hey, Great uh, show. I loved it. Peter, um, question without notice probably, but seeing as you're, you're a deft hand at cooking a lovely baked fish on the barbie <laughs> and you were planning to have a, uh, a dinner party, you could invite any guests you liked, dead or alive. Who might be on your dream dinner guest well, list? Dead or alive? Yeah. Um, of course. You can bring Elvis back if you like. Uh, there wouldn't be room. Oh. There wouldn't be room, but uh, it has to be like an arena. Do <laughs> <laughs> it at the Shane Warren Arena. We're saying sort of um, bring along the big team. Uh, God, my dad. Yeah. I died five years ago, and um, uh, it can be a nice intimate uh, one, just for for two or three. Yeah, um, Robin Williams, just for the last. Oh. You got me there because, like, <laughs> I, I, I could, I could just make. I, I need to make a list and come back to it because uh, so many people have influenced, influenced me and um, made a positive uh, thing in my life. And uh, <laughs> well, have a think about that. I want to ask: you, is is acting as much fun for you now at this stage of your life as it was when you were, a, you know, an eighteen and nineteen year old running around kissing girls in your underwear? <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It is, and and much more in much more in a much more deeper sense. I've just done my first musical, as you know, in Melbourne, and um, I have a great appreciation for musical theatre performers 
because I, I became one at 53 and I, well 52 because we did the Sydney run this year uh, earlier in the year I had a whole new appreciation of what I can what I do I felt like just really kind of terrified to begin with but then after some intensive rehearsals and whatever it all all, all clicked in all those you know, 40 odd years of doing it just sort of clicked in and I became quite confident as soon as I walked on stage I was like this is just great this is it just feels like home uh, most nights I wouldn't be in like this is a, a, like an hour before I walk on stage in my part and I didn't go to, in the dressing room I just I just watched in the wings and watched um, mostly Paul Capsis and Michael Cormick who were the lead um, singing and, and performing and I thought wow this is this is really magic and this is what they call the magic of Fox theatre and musicals and, and acting itself is um, we're, we're creating this story that people are loving and I'm part of it and, it, and I've got a whole new love of what I do. There must be nothing like the, the connection, that live connection of having the audience right there in front of you as compared to, to TV or film. Uh, live theatre, there must be nothing like it. There is when it works and it's terrible when it doesn't. <laughs> uh, and you, know, you know, you know from the first laugh or the first pin drop that uh, it's working or not. Sometimes it may be so quiet, it's because they're really listening or sometimes it might be quiet because they hate the thing. But you can really tell that it's, it's, it's something that you would never get, obviously, with, uh, on a screen because there's no immediate reaction. But um, just that, that visceral feeling that uh, you get when you connect with an audience and that line works and there's a laugh or there's a groan or there's something that you're reacting to. You know, something that you only thought about might work in rehearsal, but actually works when you're doing it. And you think, oh, you know, it's it's quite the best feeling that you'd ever have in the in the work that you choose to do. It feels like um, a certain kind of magic, you know. Yeah, I got to ask you, what's your singing prowess like? Of us, whether you're good in the kitchen, are you a good singer? No, I'm not, I wouldn't say a good singer. I'm competent. I can hold it. I can hold it with a chorus, right? And I. I had a little bit of a solo, a very, very minute kind of um, uh, in the latest um, uh, latest musical foray. It was just a, a minute uh, little uh, ditty, if you would call it. <laughs> and it, it worked and the, we had a live band and I, I learned to sort of um, keep my ear uh, open and the, the conductor's there up on the, uh, you can see him on the screen. There's a screen that only the actors can see above the audience. And I can follow his conducting. I'm going, oh yeah, right, okay. <laughs> and uh, and it, it kind of worked. And um, you know, they, I wasn't I wasn't lambasted by uh, my fellow actors, and I'm sure they were just being nice. But uh, I, I got through it, and um, I certainly have a great appreciation for you know the ones that do full belted songs. Yeah. But no, I, I still remain what they call is the non singing lead actor in a in a in a musical, and I'll continue to do that. And I, I want to do others. It, it, it really works great. The amount of singing that I, I can do, I can actually pull it off in the small amount that I've got. <laughs> oh, good on you. What's uh, what's on the on the plate for twenty twenty four at this stage? I'm writing a book, and it's my third book to be published. I say that it has to be published yet, but. So far, so good. I've written, you know, about well, probably a tenth of it, but I want to see, like, you know, 
uh, up to 400 pages on a shelf. That's my that's my vision. Yeah. I've got two short films that I've written and I'm going to direct. And there is more directing work that I'm doing. And there's potentially other acting film roles that are that are coming up. Um, it's like it's like a new era in a way because you know you, you get into this area where you're not the uh, young gun anymore and you can play just I think more interesting roles, mm. more world weary roles. And because um, the actors around my age are either dying off or they've given up or whatever, uh, there's uh, there's less competition, so it's good. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> on that cheery, cheery, on thought. That cheery thought. And just one last, before yeah. we let you go, Peter, one last yeah. hard-hitting question from me because I ask, you know, the investigative journalist questions. If you had a cooking tip or a kitchen tip to share, what would that be? Get out of my kitchen. <laughs> I don't <create> it. <laughs> that's it. You just like to work alone. Yeah, and I like to improvise and I don't like to um, be told that's not, what you do. Yeah, fair because, enough. You know, it, it's like, it's, it's a little kingdom. I haven't done that since I've, I've been with my partner for 23 years. Uh, it's been 23 years since I've been able to say that. <laughs> um, but maybe I'll get a role where I can do it and I can fantasise. <laughs> Beautiful. Hey, Pete, thanks so much for your time, mate, uh, and, and, uh, and talking to us on the program. We really appreciate it. And good luck for 2024. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. All the best to you and um, happy happy listening, everybody. Love you. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Ah, fantastic yes. to have Peter on the program. And just like you, he likes a bit of dark chocolate here oh, and there. yes. He sounds like a pretty fit sort of a dude, though, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Well, we caught him, as, as you heard, uh, he was sitting in, the gym. in his car on the roof of the gym that he goes to, <laughs> where he'd been given the rowing machine a bit of a thrashing. Yes. Uh, let's give the food poll a bit of a thrashing. It'll be up and about on uh, on uh, all the social media platforms every Friday, so please jump in and have your yes, two cents worth. contribute, please. And continuing the ginger theme, because because we're coming off gingerbread. We're just going into ginger, as in the stuff you put in your savoury dishes. Yep. Is it a yay or a nay? Muriel Cooper will start us off for 2024, and she says that is a big yay for Joylene me. says yay. Margaret, yay. Sharon says yummy, so good for lots of things, easy to grow your own in Queensland. Is that right. Sue Hosking says it has its place in cooking, but I don't like ginger beer or anything like that. So oh. it's a yes from me. Kevin okay. loves his Angie oh, says, ginger beer. Angie says, wow, was a yes when I was pregnant. Mm. Bundaberg yeah, or Butterham. Me too, Angie. <laughs> Lena, uh, in very, very small doses. That Lena or the ginger? <laughs> Rebecca Ann Kane, <laughs> our vegan, says she loves it. Yes. Lauren says yay from me. Uh, Stephen Tuzel says, of course it's a yay, and welcome back uh, to the 2024 Friday Food Pile. Oh, it's good to be back, Stephen. Kim and Dale, they say yay, it's always so good. Kathy Vicious says yay. Silvana says, welcome back for 2024, but it's a no from me. Terry says, so yes, indeed, especially ginger beer. I love ginger beer. So do I. Good burpability. Hope says, when crushed or juiced and not in delectable bits, yes, otherwise, no. Rennie says, yes, it's so good for you as well. Davin Nicholas, yay from me and happy new year to you, Kev and Sarah. Thank you, Davin, same to you. Exactly. Caroline says, uh, should be weighted by the ton, not the gram, because it's yum. Leonie says it is yay from me. Daniel says, of course. Karen, yes. yay. 
Uh, Glenn says, yep. Anne says it's a yay for her. Glenn Rodder says, nay, yuck, Paddo. Mm. Tina says it's a nope. Uh, Rob Elliott says, yay. <laughs> Rob Elliott usually says more than just yeah, one. Does. Moment. It's very quiet. Uh, Michelle says, definitely a big yay from me. Lisa Marie says, yes, particularly in ginger there beer. There we go again with the ginger beer. Well, it wouldn't be ginger beer without the ginger. Lots of bubbly people. Bubbly personalities. Joe says yay. No, lots of people who burp. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know one sitting right here. Exactly. Oh, I love ginger beer for oh. burping. Sue Landry says yes. Not nice for the other people in the house. Peter says definitely yay. Kerry Rodder says absolutely love it. Alan Clayton says nay. Tess says it's a big yes from me. Old croaky, an essential ingredient, but for the poll, are we to choose between the sliced or the full root? <laughs> Prefer sliced or grated. No, that was a bit deceiving, the picture, old croaky. Um, it was just meant to be ginger. Just the ginger, yeah. which he gives a big tick to. Stephen Quartermain says a big yay. Alan says yay. Jimmy Wilson says a big yay. Anything Asian with ginger and chilli rocks. Thank you, Jim. And the voting is, <laughs> yes, 91%. Overwhelming. Uh, the no's get whatever's left because there's 9%. not much. 9%. Uh, 91% yes for ginger. Well, there you go. I, um, I'm i not the biggest fan in the world, but then I'm I'm not a fan of the dishes that you would normally use it in. Yeah, uh, a lot of Asian cooking has mm. it and it is really very tasty. Mm. But in ginger beer and uh, ginger bread and uh, ginger nut biscuits, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's all kind of different ginger, that one, isn't yeah, it? The ground I would, ginger I wouldn't eat those processed. little, little uh, you know, lolly things that they uh, they do. I, I'm not that keen no. on them. but uh, Or glace. Ginger. Yeah, not really. No, no, not, no, no. no. But ginger beer. Hello, Hello. Bundaberg. <laughs> like Bundaberg Burp. Specialist is Kevin. And I still remember a trip that I, I did with oh. my mum and dad when uh, we played uh, my soccer team, played uh, Budderham. Mm. Uh, every year, oh, and we used, to, we used to go to the ginger factory every year after mm. the game. And my mother adored ginger and ginger beer. There you go. She loved it, and she used to burp like a sailor. You know, my mum anyway. used to make uh, ginger beer from oh, yeah. scratch, but, um, and that would be the big explosions in the kitchen. It absolutely <laughs> would. Um, you actually had a live plant which you had yeah. to feed on a daily basis, all right. and then all the pressure built up in the bottles. And, yeah, like you say, they just exploded. Oh, it, it used to freak. It's like a car backfiring. Well, it was. It was actually, and, but it was under your sink normally because yes. that was the darkest place to put it. That's what, well, my dad's yes. story. like a murder to, being carried and out. And it was. And it used to boom, you'd yeah. just and go. And then my dad would say, oh, that'd be the ginger beers ready. Yeah. Go, <laughs> Ridiculous. I wouldn't mind trying that one day, making our own ginger beer. Oh, good luck with that. Uh, and mm. that is the end of Food Bites with Sarah Patterson forever. Because she's going to blow the house up and we'll never be able to do anything else. Uh, no, I hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, love to hear your feedback on uh, all our social media platforms mm. and don't forget the Friday Food Poll. We will see you next time on Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. Her. Cheerio. Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier.